Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We're going to tackle faith and the gift of faith, right? What's faith and what is the gift of faith? There's really a difference. So there's the grace of faith. We have the grace that God has imparted to each one of us. And without it, it's impossible to please God. Every act that you do for the Lord has to be done in faith. So we're reaching up saying, God, I believe you exist and you're gonna move in and through my life and do the things I cannot do and move through me to do the things that only you can do. Supernatural things. God, I'm believing that you're God. Like it takes faith to believe that he's Lord and to get saved. It's by faith, through grace, that you're saved, right? The faith, believing in that God's power is enough. His mercy is enough to rescue and save you. This is the grace of faith that's moving in all of our lives as we give our heart to Jesus, right? There's also a gift of faith that's a supernatural, radical impartation of faith, either for a moment or for some people, they're just freaks. And it's like all the time. And they, they, just, they're just, they just believe God is so big and they're always seeing these radical, huge things happen for the Lord. And, and, and that gift of faith is also designed to be an encouragement to build up the body. Yay? It's gonna be fun. So we wanna just explore. And there's, there's really blurry lines here, okay? When we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I wanna just switch the metaphor from power tools for a second to the body of Christ. When you think about the body, we're all one body, and that's how these are really framed is in, in Corinthians 13, 12, 13, 14, is in the context of the body, and even in Romans 12, we're the body, okay? So when you understand that you're a body, your body has specific organs, doesn't it? You say yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And in that, you have a liver. Livers are cool. Liver by itself, not so cool. <laughs> that liver, it's very distinct. It has a beginning and an end, but it's also very dependent, isn't it? And then it also gives and it offers. It's connected, but itself. It's defined, it's its own thing, but it's also fully interdependent and connected on the rest of the body. This is the way your gifts work. So it's kind of like you really do know where your liver begins and ends, right? Sort of. You go, I think it's in here somewhere. I don't even know what side of my body my liver's on. I know it's in there and it's doing its job, but I kind of know I have a whole body, right? It's like the, it's part of me and it's connected. And so you have to understand that these gifts, they all work together. And there's a, there's a parts where it feels like they blend and they sort of like move into the other gifts. You're like, wait, weren't you talking about the gift of faith or is that the grace of faith? And I can't remember. Is it tongues or tongues interpretation of tongues? Is it, you know what I'm saying? Right? They blend because they're all working together. It's like words of knowledge and then prophecy. And sometimes people say, hey, we're just going to, everything's prophetic. But not everything is prophetic. Prophetic is prophetic. But it does influence all the other pieces, right? And so does the gift of faith. It's a powerful gift that synergizes and catalyzes all the other gifts. And when we start going from the grace of faith to the gift of faith, you're gonna feel me kind of switching back and forth and blendy, blendy. Say, Pastor, it's okay to do some blendy, blendy. It's a term, you know it now. Here we go, 2 Kings chapter four, verse one. 
We're going to look at the life uh, of this, this woman who is in the company of the prophets uh, with, with her husband was in the company of prophets, and she gets into a tough spot, but the prophet Elijah's here to help her out. So we see in verse 1, the wife of a man of the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors come to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Some, verse, some versions say vessels. Don't ask for just a few. This is good advice. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour oil into the jars as each is filled. Put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her and kept, and she kept pouring. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to, the one, of her, to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. Right when she ran out of vessels, the olive oil stopped flowing. Do we have verse seven? Oh, yay, you're so good. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what's left over. Whoa, this is awesome. This woman, she had faith. She really had faith. Because faith is a knowing, right? Faith is this knowing. This woman, obviously she had been hanging out with the prophets. Her husband was like an intern, basically, with Elijah. And I don't know if you've read any stories about Elijah and Elijah. These guys did some amazing things as the grace of God poured out on them. I mean, crazy radical stuff. And this is one of them. And she knew and she knew, one, the source to go to. Because the Spirit of God would rest pretty much on one person during that time, and it was a prophet. And the, the Holy Spirit, like, boom, land on this guy. And she knew exactly what to do. And she went right to this prophet and goes, help, I'm in trouble. Anybody ever been in a situation where it looks impossible? There's no way this is going to happen. And then God just shows up. See, when great faith arises, it comes in, there is this confidence or this hope, this trusting, this knowing that God is going to do something that I could not do. And this woman, she knew where to go to. And then when, when the prophet says, hey, this is what I want you to do, what does she do? She did it. This is a smart woman. Because there was a knowing, she must have seen something before that caused her to know that if the prophet said this is going to happen, it gave her an assurance that it would. See, faith is a knowing, it's a confidence that God will do it. Hebrews 11.1, 1. faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we can't see. Through faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, understand that the entire, we understand that the entire universe is formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. See, this woman, she wasn't just getting worked up. Like, faith isn't just like, mm. 
I don't know what you do to like be more faith-like and just like. It's this quiet, it can even be this quiet just knowing. Like I know when that prophet says this is going to happen because you know what? When, when his, you know, mentor said to the prophets of Baal, hey, yeah, you know, pour some water on the altar and we'll see what happens. Then he calls on God and God lights it on fire. I mean, like Elijah, right? Elijah's is this huge drought. And I mean, he, he, he commanded a drought in the name of God. This guy's crazy. He knew. He knew when God spoke that he was going to follow through, he was going to do it. This woman knew. And so faith is this knowing that God is. That God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That God is bigger than our problems. That God is going, it's this assurance he's going to show up. You know, here's a really good question. Is When we're just talking about faith right now, it's like, how, how much faith did this woman have? How much faith did this woman who was out, you know, in trouble, how much faith did she really have? You know it's measurable? Romans says to the measure of faith that's been given to you, do that, or the measure of faith that God's given to you, prophesy, lead, administrate, heal, whatever it is to that measure. It's measurable. You know what the measurement was for her? It's how many jars she actually went to get. That's how much she really believed. And you know that moment when she's like, they're filling them up. She like takes her little tiny jar of oil and she's like, it's working. <laughs> Keep bringing the jars. <laughs> and then they're just coming and she's just focused on pouring and the kids are like grabbing all the vessels and the jars they're bringing in front. And then all of a sudden she's like, where's the next one? There are no more. What would go through your mind right then? She'd be like, should have got another one. Right? Dang it. I mean, I don't know what happened. Her kids were like going to be sold into slavery. I'm pretty sure this gal was pretty motivated. I mean, if my kids are going to be sold into slavery, I mean, most of them, I mean, if I, I would be motivated. <laughs> Just kidding. If any of my kids were sold into slavery, I'd be equally motivated. <laughs> Easy shots. Do the dishes. <clears throat> but she's sitting there, and you know she's thinking, man, I wonder if, if I would have known, like really known, that every jar I brought was going to get filled. Maybe that guy, old man Herman or whatever, he's hawking on her door. He's like, I don't want to share my jars with you. It's like, okay, no problem. It goes to the next place. They give him a jar. Then he goes to the next place. Yeah, I'll just give you two. I have ten, but I'll give you two. And she's like, okay, I'll take your two. Who, who knows? How many jars did she leave? If she, at that moment after it ran out, she probably was thinking, I should have pressed that guy harder. I should have said, no, old man, Herman, give me your jar. I'm taking your jar home now. I don't, you don't need it. I need it. Negotiate with him. Listen, well, I'll bring back half of what goes into this jar. I mean, whatever. May, and I don't know what she did. But, you know, when you know that you know, and you, like the prophet Elijah, he goes, don't just get a few now. 
right? And here's where I want to draw the distinction between the grace of faith and the gift of faith. See, Elijah really represents the gift of faith. He just knew. He had seen things God had done. He had a whole nother level of just faith and belief in what God could do and was going to do. And he tells the woman, he goes, don't just get a few now. And the gift of faith says, don't just get a few. And you might be struggling in your faith and you got a one vessel faith. You're like, I'll just go get the one jar from neighbor I really like and I don't want to get rejected. And it's going to bring that one jar and it'll just be what it is, Lord. And then they take one of your kids off to slavery and you keep the other one. You're like, well, I didn't like him that much anyway. I mean, no, <laughs> just kidding. Didn't say that. <laughs> the gift of faith says, don't just get a few. Just don't get a few. Go get them all. Get everyone you can find. And they go get more and they're like, no, 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 keep going. Keep going. You can do more. God is bigger than you think. He's bigger than you think. Don't shift your focus. Don't keep your focus on the fact that that guy's going to reject you and make fun of you or like, what do you need my empty jars for? God said, I need jars. I'm going to get them all. Do you got one or not? And the gift of faith just kisses. Keep pressing. Keep going. Dream bigger. Think bigger. Amen? James 2.17 says, in the same way by faith itself is not a company, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Or some other versions is faith without works is dead. This woman demonstrated her faith by what she did, not just by asking the prophet. Because she could ask the prophet and went to the source, and sometimes we do that, then we're not willing to do. So one of the keys to great faith is going to the source. To activate great faith is we have to go to the source. Your prayer life, your time with the Lord, your time with the Holy Spirit is crucial into cultivating his presence and hearing his voice and knowing what he's saying and then obeying. So there's these two halves to faith that are one thing. Faith is one thing, but there's two halves to it. It's to hear, then to obey. But we have to seek and desire after the gift. We have to go after this gift. And the Presence of God is moving in our life, then us responding to that presence and responding to that, that, that unction or that you know, inspiration or command or word that we feel we hear and then stepping out in faith and going for it. That obedience is what begins to unlock the things of the kingdom. We still begin to see these things happen. What if the woman didn't gather any jars, but she went to Elisha? She would have missed it. Faith is doing, not just thinking. It's not just asking, it's also doing. So when someone has the gift of faith, it can happen in more than one way. You know, the gift of faith can really descend on any person at any time. And, and there's times in my life where I've been around people and the, the gift to see them healed or the, 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 the faith to see them healed just goes up like crazy. Or the faith to see people saved. And I've told this story before of like when we were out like doing a lot of witnessing and stuff, I felt the Holy Spirit lay on my heart to walk up to this group of teens and I pray with a, like, I don't know, like 10 of them or something, I remember. And, and a whole bunch of them get saved and one of the gals, she's weeping and she goes, I just, will you go pray for my husband? I mean, my, my boyfriend, he's my fiance or whatever and he's in Subway. And I'm like, he works at Subway. I'm like, 
I go, okay. And then I'm like, start walking and I like start thinking, he's at Subway. This guy's working at Subway. I'm going to go, I already said yes, I'm going to pray for him. And I'm thinking, how am I even going to do this? You know, and I go walking over there and I go in and I, I was kind of afraid, if you can imagine. I can't find any other way but to stop everybody in the restaurant and pray for this guy. And the gift of faith just rose up. He goes, just see what I'm going to do. And I, I asked the guy, I go, hey, can I pray for you? And he's all like, sure. I said, I pray for your fiance out in the parking lot. She said, I have to pray for you. He's all like, okay, I'm doing whatever she says. I'm like, good way to start. <laughs> so then I, I just stopped the whole restaurant. The faith just rises up in me. And I go, hey, everybody, listen, I don't want to be weird or whatever, but this gal's fiance told me I need to pray for him. I'm a pastor here in town. I just need to do that. Are you guys all cool with that? And they all go, ding, like 13 people in the subway. <laughs> all the sandwiches stop. Everybody stops. I mean, I don't normally do this kind of stuff. And the Holy Spirit just, just raging faith going on inside me. And the whole room, we all pray to receive Jesus. I mean, tons of people crying, people like Holy Spirit moving on them. And it was the gamut. A couple people going like, what the heck just happened to me? You know, like look at me like, you're totally crazy. Another guy in there was a believer. He's got tears running down his eyes. He's already a believer just to see the power of God moving on all these people right out where you live. But that was a special moment with the faith just rose up to declare the gospel. And then there's there's people that I, I, I just think they're weird. They have this weird, <sighs> amazing gift where they just always believe. It's like everywhere they go, they're just encouraging and believing and never stopping and building people up and going, you need to believe God for that. I mean, God's going to do it. You're like, yeah, you're right. He is going to do it. And I mean, I mean, this this building project, I, I mean, I know. See, there's a part of me in the future, big picture, visionary side of the faith God's given me. I know God's called us to dig this, redig this well of this apostolic ministry that we have to train up leaders and plant churches and sow these community centers within our whole city and throughout our state and, and empower leaders throughout the whole state, right? That sounds like a big vision. And I see thousands of people moving in and out of this church and we're just planting and sowing people and leaders and churches. I see that. I believe that. I have so much confidence in that that, I mean, it's not like, oh, I wonder if that's going to happen. I just know there's an assurance. And then, and I see this facility like completely with the dynamic foyers and place for discipleship and training and children's ministry and, and our worship center completed and that's millions of dollars. And then that problem starts to grow. I don't know about you, but that happens to me where I go, hey, that's like millions of dollars. And I start counting all the money I have in my pocket. I'm like, that's not nearly enough. <laughs> and the thing starts to get bigger, but the gift of faith does not allow that problem to get bigger. See, when someone has a gift of faith, they're always squishing that problem down to its right size compared to God. I want to read something to you, and it's, it's from one of the greatest men of faith I've ever met and known and got to... Uh, sit under his ministry when I was going to Bible college. His name is Wendell Smith, his name, and he passed away a few years ago. Um, one of the greatest men of faith uh, that I've ever been around. He really impacted my life and my wife's life, and, and he, his ministry impacts our church today because of what he sowed into me. I know what he sowed into Pastor Rick. He was personal friends with him. I'm a little jealous of that, but 
I'll get over it. <laughs> making God big. Great faith, making God big. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Psalms 34, 3. Nothing is too hard for our God. Lynn DeShazo, one of my favorite music artists that I've never heard before, <laughs> says this in her song, or his song, or hers, okay, great. <clears throat> you know, Lynn can be either one, you know. Be magnified, pinned the words. I have believed in a lie that you are unable to help me. The devil would like us to think that some things are too hard for God and thereby define God in terms of human limitations. But the scriptures state that there is nothing too hard for him. Oh, God is mighty. Our God is mighty. And oh, God, he's mighty. <laughs> Just making stuff up now. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. What is impossible with men is possible with God. The tendency of most believers is to focus on the impossibility of something instead of its possibility with God. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for him to deny his own nature. It is impossible for him to fail to, to do what he promised he would do. He can do anything. We need to put our faith in him. As the late pastor John Osteen wrote, the Lord is going before me. The blood of Jesus is over me. The everlasting arms of God are under me. And goodness and mercy are behind me, following me all the days of my life. I have often stood in front of my congregation and reminded our people of this assurance of their faith. And I remember him doing this many times. There is no problem he cannot solve. There is no question he cannot answer. There is no disease he cannot heal. There is no demon he cannot cast out. There is no enemy he cannot defeat. There is no difficulty he cannot overcome. There is no stronghold he cannot bring down. There is no bondage he cannot break. There is no prison he cannot open. There is no need he cannot meet. And there is no mountain he cannot move. There is nothing too big for our God. Amen? Nothing too big for our God. This gift of faith, it just squeezes your problems down to the right size. See, we, we all get discouraged and we start to lose heart and lose faith. But when someone has a gift of faith in the body and they're building the body up, we need you to use your special gift of faith to keep our problems the right size. You ever heard the term, turn your mountains into, your, your, your molehills into mountains, right? Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Saying that right? Okay. <laughs> mountains into molehills or whatever it is. Molehills into mountains. So like, we're going to shrink those mountains down to molehills. Never even seen a molehill. <laughs> Don't even really know how big it is, but I think you can step over it. <laughs> Making some assumptions now. You can correct me later if I'm wrong or not, please. <laughs> Keep your corrections to yourself. That's not the gift of faith. <laughs> All right. The gift of faith begins to shrink these problems down to the right size. God is way bigger, and it begins to grow, God. There is no rival, God. You have no equal. This problem is nothing. Millions, you own the cattle on a thousand hill. That's nothing. If God wants to do it, it's going to get done. 
because we believe God is big. The gift of faith begins to magnify God. The gift of faith takes the focus off the problem or off the circumstances and moves it to God. The gift of faith shifts the focus. A lot of times, our focus is like we're getting on a little stuff and the things that are out of alignment are like, oh, what are we gonna do? What about this? What about that? And the gift of faith just goes whack. Get focused. Put your eyes on God. He's big. He's unstoppable. You can't not defeat him. Your problem is tiny compared to him. You're sick. You're blind. You're struggling. Your marriage is broken. Your kids are struggling. There's nothing too big for our God. Focus. we got to put our eyes on him. The gift of faith brings alignment. It, it, it brings focus. You know, there's this really, cool, this really cool passage in Luke where this Roman officer, he has a sick uh, servant of his, and he goes to Jesus, and this, this servant's really important to him. You can tell he really cares about him too. He goes to Jesus, he's like, listen, I need your help. And I, I, want, I know that if you pray for my servant, he's gonna get well. And Jesus says, well, let's go there. And he goes, listen, I know you don't have to do that. I understand how authority works because I'm an authority, I'm under authority. When I say this is gonna get done, I don't, I don't go there and make sure it gets done. It gets done. Can you just say it? Because I just believe that if you just say it, you don't gotta waste all your steps. I know you might wanna get your steps on your Fitbit, but we don't gotta go do that. You just say it. And Jesus stops and he goes, this guy's not even a Jew. He goes, greater faith I haven't even seen in Israel. This guy's got great faith. He goes, you're awesome. Boom, it's done. His faith was great. See, that's a surge of faith, right? We, you can have a surge of faith. And person that has the gift of faith can help encourage that space in you. Can just happen to you, or a person that has great faith like this, this, this Roman, he, I can't imagine this guy didn't get saved and turn his heart to Jesus. And I can't imagine that guy did not end up having the gift of faith. It's just hard for me to imagine. It's one of the things I want to encourage you to do. And uh, while we do that, I just want to invite my friend Eileen Sylvester to come up. This is a woman of God that I really genuinely believe has the gift of faith. And, and I want her to just share a few testimonies with you. Eileen is the vice president of the South Central Foundation. She is an A gamer. Here you go. I'm going to help you up here. You can use steps there. This gal, when you look at all the stuff South Central Foundation has built, see these little fingerprints right here? This girl's got her fingerprints on them. It took great faith to see all this stuff happen. And every time I'm around her, I just feel this surge of faith. Amen. So I just want to ask you just a few questions about like how did how did you feel like when you started to feel faith kind of arise in your life and what was that like in the seed form and sort of growing and how did you cultivate that and um, then whatever else you want to do. Okay. So um, I came from a really large family and um, my grandmother got saved when I was about five and I spent quite a bit of time with her when my grandfather was out fishing and, and away from home and. Um, I don't think back then people really um, prayed out loud a lot, but she would pray out loud for probably an hour at night and just talk to God like you and I are talking. And that planted such a deep knowing, I think, within my heart that there was a God that was a, a good God. And I got saved at 11, and God has been so faithful through so 
many things. He was there, and um, I just love it because <laughs> it's really true. You know, there's so many verses in the Bible and Psalms. I love the Psalms. There's one, 139, it says that he knows our down-sitting, our uprising. Before a word is even spoken, he already knows it. So he knows everything about us. And um, he says, he, we have not because we ask not. So through the years as things came and um, we walked through things, and I, I just love it because my family is here. You know, even that, you know, it says that you can declare a thing and those things won't fall to the... It's just knowing that God's word um, is alive and if you declare it, if you say it out, he will never, ever fail you. And he's just waiting to hear from you. And when you agree with him, it, it's going to come to pass. There's just no question about it. And so I think those are the things um, through my life. And I was just laughing because my kids were like, that sounds just like you, Mom. <laughs> I mean, you know, wild, crazy, let's have fun. <laughs> so my kids, I just love it because they, you know, there's been times. I get in my living room and I just praise the Lord. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. And you get into difficult um, time and, and it says that the sacrifices of, of praise, I think those are the times just kind of dry drives you through. And so I just love the Lord. That's so good. Okay, so good. All right. Hold on. Don't go away yet. All right. I wrote down a couple questions because I'm going to get her to talk about some of the stuff going on inside of her here. Um, so how did you, I, I want to know, how did you really cultivate it though? So like when you cultivated your gift and how do you see that activating like in, in the church and how does God use you specifically and how did you help that grow? Um, I think that, um, well, I'll just say that years ago when my oldest daughter was born, um, one of my cousins was going to Abbott Loop, and I was raised in a church where they didn't really believe in the Holy Spirit, but I got to Abbott Loop and I found out that I, there was a Holy Spirit and he was really, <laughs> he was real, and so I, that summer I came and this was such a wild and crazy place and just the love and, and got filled with the Holy Spirit. And so just over the years, um, getting introduced to the prophetic and, and just different people, you know, sometimes walking through difficult situations, um, the Lord will meet you there. So I'll tell you, I'll give you a really quick story. So one time um, I was living in Dillingham and I was here in town and I had my little ones with me. They were pretty small and they were really sick and I had to get back to Dillingham. And I had a car and it wasn't working very well and it was about, I think it was like minus 20. And so um, based on what I had learned about um, the authority that God has given us, you know, it says that we can bind and loose. And so God just rose up within me, the Holy Spirit, and I just started saying, Satan, you take your hands off my car. Um, I'm a child of the king. God said that he'd be my husband. He'd be my father. And so I did that. And as I got to Fort Rich, I felt like the Lord said, you need to start thanking and praising me. And so I did, because every time I'd take my foot off the accelerator, my car would quit. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and so I did from um, Fort Rich to Lake Otis and Tudor, I just started praising the Lord and thanking him that he was a good God, that he was able, that nothing was too difficult for him. And do you know what? My car just, just like that, it, it was like it just started purring like a kitten. I was taking it actually to Robert Roll, my brother, who's a mechanic, and he said, if you leave it here, I'll fix it while you're gone. 
And I got there and he said, who fixed your car? And I said, God did, <laughs> right? You know, there's nothing too difficult for him. If you will cry out to him, he is such a merciful, good God. And so there's been so many other things I could tell you about, but that just really was um, just knowing that, that God hears. He will go above and beyond. He waits. He waits for us to ask. If we ask, he will do it. That's so good. Amen. Okay, don't go anywhere. I'm going to have Eileen pray over our church and just pray a blessing in the release of the gift of faith. Anybody want the gift of faith? You want to grow in your faith, gift of faith? And we're going to have Eileen pray over us and, and ask the Lord for that. I want to just give you this one little coaching point here. And Eileen's really doing what I want her to do. She's awesome. Is that you start with small things. You pursue the heavens. You pursue God. You go after him in his presence and cultivate his presence. And then, then when you have a problem or a need, no matter how small, start with the small ones. Right? Because to the measure of your faith that you have, that's going to be equal to the measure of what you see. It's just really true. As your faith grows, the more you're able to see and do. And it's not like you spend time with Jesus and you put a bunch of Jesus faith bucks in your pocket and you're like going to go spend those. That's not what we're talking about. But when you cultivate his presence, you begin to become aware. And that confidence that you feel from Eileen, she just knows God's going to show up. Like when I talked to her about the finances of our building project, she goes, oh, God's going to do that. I'm like, yeah, that's right. He's going to do that. <laughs> you know, I mean, her faith level is just higher than mine, you know. And I, I, I'm like, hey, rub some of that off on me here. You know, I need some of that. And we need that, right? But she has a gift of faith to encourage us to really build up, but you start with the small things and then you let God show up and then he builds your faith and it grows and then you let him show up and you try some more, but you cultivate the presence of God and you hear his voice and then try, you go, you obey and then trust and then declare and go for it and then you begin to see God move. So if you would like the gift of faith, I just encourage you to stretch your hands up towards heaven, all right? And we're gonna have Eileen pray, just a blessing, and wherever you wanna go with your prayer, just release the gift of faith, pray over our church, pray whatever the Holy Spirit lays on your heart. So I, I will say one more thing. I have had some amazing, what I'll say, mentors, women of God, um, elders, that have come around me, and I've been able to learn. So wherever you're at, reach out. There's people around you that love you, that will agree with you, and, and, and it's been those times where I have learned so much from people around me, and so praise God. So I'm just, I'm so blessed to be here. I am so blessed with what God is doing here. So Lord, we just thank you, God, that you are an awesome God. Father, that you see us and that you know us, oh God. Lord, that you've placed gifts within us, oh God. Lord, that you desire, Father God, more than anything that we could ever ask or think, Father God. Lord, that you see the end from the beginning, oh God. Lord, we just thank you, God, for your very great faithfulness. And so now I just proclaim the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb over each and every one that's here today, oh God. Lord, I thank you for the heavenly host that you've assigned to each one, oh God. Lord, we just thank you, God, that, that as we um, look to you, Father God, that you are the author and finisher of our faith. And so, Father God, today we just say, Father God, that you are God, that you are Lord of lords, that you are King of kings. And, oh God, we just release over this people today your blessing, oh God. Let your hand of grace, your hand of mercy, loving kindness and supernatural favor be upon us, oh God. And, Lord, you said if we ask for wisdom that you will give it. So, Father, we're asking for your wisdom, Father God, revelation, knowledge, understanding, oh God, discernment, oh God. And, Father God, even as they... Um, 
as you pour out upon them, Father God, step by step, Father God, that you would even bring people into our lives, oh God, that would walk beside us, Lord. We thank you for this family of God, Father God, for the vision, Father God, the purpose and the plan that you have for this place. And I speak your blessing over this place, oh God. And we know you said in your word that nothing, nothing is too difficult for you. And so, Father, we come together in alignment and agreement with the very word, oh God, at the throne of heaven, oh God, this day. And we call forth, Father God, um, courage, Father God, in each and every one here, Father God. We call forth, oh God, that they would even stand up, oh God, that you would um, continue to anoint them, Father God. You said you'd pour out your spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters would prophesy, Father. Old men would dream dreams. Young men would have visions, Father God. And Father, you bring that all to Together, Father God, and we declare that we will reach the destiny that you have for this place, for this yes, people, yes, for this yes. family of God, and we will accomplish everything that you've put before us, oh God. So, Father, we just call forth the finances for this building, oh God. Lord, you bring the vision, Father God, and you said you'd make provision. So we call that forth this day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Is anybody like that girl? I know, I like her too. She is awesome. I just want to pray just, just a blessing before we, before we go here and before we really transition. And, um, Father, I'm just releasing faith over this church. That I'm calling out every gift, man and woman. You'd use every gift to its fullest. Empower your people, God. Use them to the max. And we want to see miracles. We want to see healings. We want to see words of knowledge, prophecies that lead to salvations and healing and transformation. Take our lives from ashes to beauty, oaks of righteousness, rebuilding the ancient ruins of the city. God, we declare that over our church, that we'll be a place of healing, of life, of, of blessing to this church, to this city, God, to this state. We call in all those that are lost in this state by faith. We declare them saved in Jesus' name. Use us. Here we are. Send us. God, let faith rise up in this church. In your name. Amen. Amen. Anybody encouraged today? Anybody feeling like God's going to do something great? Yeah, turn that faith on. Get it going. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.